Welcome back to another episode of the Erica Ryle Show. Today is April 13th, 2020. And uh, yesterday was Easter. I don't know what that means for you, but for me and my family, Easter is an incredibly powerful, meaningful, uh, and celebratory day. Here's something I want to read to you. Um, and this is from the YouVersion Bible app. It says, The resurrection reassures us that no situation or mistake is impossible for God to redeem. There is no fear Jesus cannot conquer and no life he cannot heal. No darkness can stand against the power of the risen God who conquered death on our behalf. There is nothing our God cannot do. I read that of like, it's just so incredible. And that is the story of Jesus and, and what he did for us. And as I'm recording the intro part of this podcast right now, my brother and my best bud who doesn't like a big uh, deal to be made, but he's actually undergoing surgery and he's a few states away. And because of the coronavirus, it's, you know, he's, he's in there by himself, but he's in good hands and, while they uh, have found a scary diagnosis, um, he is strong in his faith, he is strong in his mind, and he is strong in his body, and I have full faith that he is going to come out on the other end of this stronger and healed. And so um, this story that I'm going to share with you, this interview, is it hits home to me on a personal level in this moment, in this real time. But I'm sure that you know somebody if you haven't experienced it yourself, of a transformation, of coming up against a wall, a very scary, hard thing, and coming out on the other side stronger. Today's interview is my friend, Diana Gladney, and her story that she's going to share with you and what she did to get through this is incredible. She almost died. Her story is one about endometriosis, entrepreneurship, and an unstoppable personal evolution. I cannot wait for you to hear from Diana today. Welcome back to another episode of the Erica Ryle Show. I am so excited to introduce you to my friend, Diana Gladney. She, you guys, I have never had a conversation with her where I don't walk away feeling better about everything. She's just one of those people. And I think that you'll agree. Diana is a small business and video marketing coach, and her passion is helping busy entrepreneurs simplify the video creation process. Oh, thank you so much, Erica. It's such an honor to be here. I really appreciate it. I love all of our conversations that we have. I, I never walk away without laughing and having a good time with you. So <laughs> I'm pretty sure this will be very much the same. <laughs> okay. You have done a lot of things to build a business as an entrepreneur. You have built a huge audience online. Like I'm looking at YouTube and you have crazy good content. Now, a lot of our listeners work around and have to manage their own personal life, including mm -hmm. health and certain things that feel like an obstacle in their way. Could you tell us a little bit about how that's played out in your life, in your career? Oh, yeah. So I honestly didn't start any of this online stuff until after 
I recovered from surgery. And so like I've battled stage four endometriosis for the past several years. And in 2015, I had massive surgery, um, you know, to the point to where it was so bad. I didn't know, like you just assume like you're having heavy cycles or something like that, which was always the case from like day one as a kid. But, you know, it's just like progressively would get worse and, and more debilitating. And it's just like, it's to the point, like something's really wrong. And so like the, the year prior to a little bit more than that, it was like every single day, for like 16 months up until I had surgery, I was in excruciating pain. Mm. And so I literally would just like, they this getting to the point to where the doctors are concerned, but they can't figure it out, going to specialist, specialist, and they can't figure it out. And I was literally like on my last draw with the whole thing. Cause I'm like, I am sick of being poked and prodded. And people just still say, we don't know, but here's some pain relievers for you. Cause I'm like, this is not normal. I don't mm-hmm. want to take, unless it's like a multivitamin, or, or uh, a M&M. I don't want to take anything <laughs> every day. <laughs> M&M? Give me the M&M. Give me the M&M. Yeah, it's like, because it's like, this is not normal. It's like your body no. is built to like heal and repair itself. And it's like where it makes sense to add in medication to help that healing process, sure. But to be taking vitamin, vi- Vicodins and, and muscle relaxers consistently, and I'm like, something is wrong and I can't stop not being, there is no anything that I was doing that, because I had a sit down job, I worked at a bank. There's nothing I was doing that was like excruciating pain or whatever. And so like life quality just completely went down. And it was at the last point I was talking to my friend. I was just like, I was so frustrated. I was afraid. And I'm like, something has to be wrong for it to be like extreme pain every single day. And mostly if I'm not leaving work early, then I'm just stuck in bed. I can't do anything. So Mm -hmm. it wasn't until after I recovered from surgery, because uh, I didn't know that, you know, I was literally like, sometimes you say, well, I could have died. And that's kind of different. Like that person almost swiped at you on the the highway or, you know, whatever. It's like, you could have, it's a lot of could have situations like that we all experience or whatever, but it was like very different when, you know, I woke up from surgery and they said, you almost died. It was very, very different experience for me. Cause I'm at the time I'm like, you, I'm like, yeah, right. Yeah. (laughs) I am. 20, 25, 26 years old, best time of my life. You know, I'm like, like, no, no way. You know, cause I, I'm still planning for when I turn 30 or when I get older and yeah. you know, whatever the things. And so yeah. now it became, it became very different. And it honestly wasn't real for me until like, I, like they, like they woke up one, I woke up still in pain. <laughs> and then mm-hmm. two, it's like once my mom, she came in and she was showing me, cause you still kind of woozy and all that when mm-hmm. you wake up from surgery, she was showing me like these papers, her and my doctor, they're trying to talk and it wasn't making sense. Like they're showing me the surgical pictures and like, so they had to, uh, had to have a, a emergency appendectomy. And so it, wow. it wind up being the endometriosis growth was so, um, out of control. And if anybody's not familiar, what happens with endometriosis, basically, the lining of your uterus and that tissue and all of the things that happen for your monthly cycle, all of that stuff is going on someplace else in your body. That tissue is growing in other places where the blood can't escape and it's not supposed to be there to begin with. But when you are in pain or have cramps or whatever, that other excess tissue is also uh, having the same functions. And so it's webbing and holding stuff together and it really locks up your um, whole system. Mm-hmm. It, it makes everything hard to do. Um, and so 
they extremely painful. Oh my gosh. (laughs) From what I hear people report is that Mm. because pain is invisible, Mm. it ends up really affecting your quality of life and your, and your psyche and well-being because other Mm -hmm. people can't feel it. Right. Like, so they're just looking at you going, why are you in pain? You look healthy. You, you, you have a positive outlook. Like, yep. And especially you, you're always so uplifting and, and inspiring. I can imagine that that felt really frustrating. Yep. And that was the biggest thing, especially like working in corporate America. I was doing really well. You know, you get asked to be on this project and do that and whatever else I'm building at the time of the career that I think that I want. And then overnight, kind of, it feels like, you know, now, it, you, and nobody, it's hard to explain, especially like having male supervisors and things. It's like, it's hard to explain that your insides are on fire yeah. and it feels like something's ripping or tearing or sharp pains. Cause it doesn't, it, it's not any, there isn't any physical, anything other than seeing this person grab their side or be hunched over or balled up, you know, that kind of a stuff. But otherwise it's like, you're not swelling with uh like you know it's where something is just like oh man like you really slammed your finger in the door it's turning colors there's not any anything on the external to show that you're not turning red in the face you're not you know there's not any mm-hmm. any any things to to let somebody know when it's happening or that it's consistently happening mm-hmm. or any of that so they just assume like it's either bad cramps or you're you're having something more serious that to them feels more important and that was the hardest thing because it's just like well it's okay if it's endometrial cancer and it's just like I don't know what it is yet you know (laughs) it's like I I don't know what what this is you know at the time and so um, they're like well is it just bad cramps and it's like guys I don't know but either way this is not something that I could you know check off boxes for (laughs) to make you feel better because it's something that you would understand and that was the hardest thing because now it went from me being this, you know, super jovial, super happy person at work to just leave me alone and don't talk to me Mm -hmm. because I I cannot, like, I can do my work as best as I can. Sometimes I need to leave early, but I need y'all to understand, like, I, like, I just wind up not being able to be the same person or some days it's a little bit less, but you know, I'm kind of goofy. So I crack jokes or whatever, just in natural talking and conversations. And I couldn't, Mm -hmm. that stopped. And so mm-hmm. now it's just like that, I think more was a, a, a loudspeaker to people around me that is just like, I don't want to joke. I, I can't, you know, I, I'm not even doing any of the little favorite things that I want to do. I don't, yeah, you're no, literally I don't want to go. Yeah. So I know I don't want to talk on the phone. I don't want to go anywhere. I don't want to, you know, sit at the house. I, I, you know, so that became a more of a loudspeaker. Mm-hmm. And then having unknowns, the work to get to the doctor's appointment and the work to get the blood test. And then at the end of over and over and over again, we don't know. Mm -hmm. And you're just sent back home with something to mask the symptom and you have no clarity around the root of the issue Mm -hmm. is awful. I mean, that we're, we're recording this during the coronavirus, right? And, and that's a biggest part of what's crippling people is the unknown. Mm. so what did you do to get through that um it was phases early on I went through a a phase where I thought it would stop at some point like I pulled a muscle or you know you bruised something 
and you figure it'll stop at some point and like it, it give it another month and then another month went to another month and it's just like you know what this is not stopping it's getting worse so mm-hmm. now i go into the extreme oh my god don't google at this point no obviously <laughs> don't, don't google the symptoms do, do oh. not google you're going to have elbow-itis with toenail <laughs> dysfungi and <laughs> your teeth are going to fall out tomorrow. <laughs> and then they'll show you some graphic images oh, that like, yeah. you for days. They will show you pictures and you're looking like, I think, I think, is my arm hair going in the other direction? <laughs> oh my gosh, that's me. It's me. <laughs> so <laughs> once you get to the point to where you're at the extremes, like kind of what I think we'll be experiencing with this coronavirus, because right now, we're getting the, it'll go away eventually. You know, it'll give it another 30 days. Mm-hmm. And then another 30 days just turned into another 30 days. Mm-hmm. And so now it, I think we're yeah, hoping and always preparing for things to get better. But at the same time, also got to be prepared for what happens if things go to the extreme. If we get the stay-at-home orders for a little bit longer than we want. And, and honestly, what happens if we are looking into summer and winter months like this? Or, or on and off like this, you know, so now we're at the extremes. And so it's like, at this point, you don't want to go all off the deep end because you will fall at this point. And I almost fell. But one of the things that kind of helped with that was encouraging to have people that are life giving to you. you. And I was very consciously aware of who I told what about what. Um, so I only talked to my closest friend at the time, I only would talk to my mom. Now, everybody else assumes whatever. And it's like, what other people think about you is none of your business. That's right. It's it's none of your business. So Mm -hmm. at that point, it's just like, but for those you need to confide in, because you do need to get your frustrations out. I journaled a lot, Mm -hmm. uh, which I always have, but I journaled intensely. I I let it be known exactly uh, what I was feeling and what I was thinking. And if I didn't like it, once I got it, I just threw it away uh, because I wanted to get it in a physical form that I could do something with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then too, uh, I would say lastly, but it's not like a last kind of a thing because you're doing all this in, in a day kind of a deal. It's like, it's, I got very close to God in, in this point because it became very real that the plans that I'm planning for may change and may be different in a way that I'm not preparing for. Mm-hmm. And even though I don't know what's going to happen, I want God to know that like, I trust you. I'm afraid and I do not like this and I do need some help. (laughs) And so whatever way that that's going to come or whatever, then help me in the way that's going to help me. And I think God communicates to all all of us differently. So for me, it would be in spending time doing the things that still keep my brain moving. Uh, Because again, I'm still introverted. So even if I was healthy, I still wouldn't be out and about like that. But Right. What are the <laughs> What are the you. things? I was like, I'm not like, yeah. Let me get healthy so I can go to a party. I, I'm still going to decline the invite. Fully healthy. <laughs> healthy or not, I am who I am. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So it's like that's not going to change. But I had a library that I had been building, and so just books that I had already been working on for like personal development and stuff like that. And so, um, in that, it would be reading books and stuff like that, or, or spending time just honestly, just trying to spend time with God more and getting to understand his character more uh, that would lead me into other things of what I should be doing or should be focusing on at the time. And then I'd say the next phase after that, uh, especially once you find out what's wrong, what's the real facts of, you know, what this is and all of this now or whatever, I was completely terrified of surgery. 
but that had to happen. And so after having that happen, I'm still thinking now, let's go back to phase one. This is going to end in about 30 days. So I'll heal and I'll be recovered. Whatever was wrong, you pulled it out and we're done with this, right? (laughs) And it was a no, it's actually something that will never go away. You know, as far as the doctors are concerned, it's something that's never going to change and you will constantly have to deal with this so much so you may have to have multiple surgeries Mm. and I just refused to accept that and it didn't change what circumstance I had to deal with on a day-to-day basis but it did change how I decided to move forward with life because now the who I believed myself to be and saw myself as and even what everybody else knew me as was didn't exist no more this woman disappeared Mm. you know so she's not strong. She can't, you know, strong in the way physically. She's not able to just go for days and days on end and can do all nighters nonstop. Like that disappeared. So my work ethic changed. My um, behaviors had to change because I was a different person. And I now had to accept who this other new person that, you know, God is leading me through to become this person in a way I wouldn't want to be, you know in not doing this, but it's like, good Lord, I, I could do this healthy, you know, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, you know, we so, don't have but, to do it this way. I can yeah. still get those. Like, yes. Yeah. You know, isn't it a door B someplace, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and so it's just like, okay, well, that's fine. It's like, it's not, it wasn't fine. I was not okay with it. Just like, well, I'll deal with it. No, I hated life. It was very, very difficult. And it was a very hard process to accept uh, that this is now the new normal for me and I have to figure out who I am and who God is calling me to be in this person, this body I don't want, you know, this, this Mm -hmm. health condition I don't want to deal with now, you know, it's like, so now it's like, who am I? And and now it became a point of a, I would say not a rediscovering, but an uncovering at that point of who are you now? And I appreciate your transparency and honesty about saying it was not okay with me from what I'm hearing is you took what you could and focused on it. You took what was in your control and you did something with it. You practiced self-care, you journaled, you had the, the self-discipline to only share your story with safe people that you trusted because I can imagine that's all you wanted to talk about all the time, uh, just to process it and get it mm-hmm. and just to kind of make sense of it all because that's what we do. We mm-hmm. need that cathartic sort of process. But sometimes we do that at, at the expense of hurting ourselves because we tell people that we know can't handle it. Yep. And I, that did happen. So if oh. just in case anybody's wondering, <laughs> it yeah. did happen. And it was like people that you think that you're close to or think are good friends. And it's like, honestly, you, you honestly have to give people a little bit of grace, even if they turn out to be butts, you know, it's just yeah. like, <laughs> you got to get them because they don't know who they would be in that situation. So when they show you who they are, you have no choice but to believe them. Yeah. You know, so it's like, so when you see that I told this person they didn't honor my trust and my fears about it and my frustrations with it, then it's just like, you now know this is not the person that you go to for this. And you can now have a right, how much access to your life do you want to give that person? So it not, it not, it didn't become about like, if, if again, like, especially if having people that are having challenges with stuff, it's not like, well, screw you, you messed up, you, you know, and this now, wherever it's just like, no, you're, your inner circle of people is just like those people that have 
100% access to you. As you discover that somebody didn't honor that or, or, you know, some reason as to not have them as close, you can limit access. Unfriending is ob- obviously going to the point of 0% access, mm-hmm. but you can limit that access. This is not a person you want your innermost secrets. No, are they cool for happy hour after work? Sure, if that's what it is, or, you know, coworker status, sure. Those people have a limited amount of access to you. So if you think about it in that way, you just decrease their access and it doesn't hurt it's not going to not hurt as much, but it will let you know that you can protect yourself by limiting access. Yeah. Healthy boundaries, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You control the controllables in that you practice some self-care and journaling and talking to the right people. But then you also knew what you needed to surrender and have faith with. And I think sometimes we just fall in, we just hide in one room. Mm-hmm. Like I'm going to control it all or I'm going to turn it all over. Because mm-hmm. I have no control. And then and then you end up missing opportunities to really move your health forward or to grow in your faith. Yep. So I, I love how you shared your story and you really handled that with wisdom and a lot of discipline when I'm sure it would have been easy to be like, uh-uh, Jesus, take the wheel. No, keep the wheel. <laughs> yeah, take the wheel. <laughs> keep the wheel. Help, help me drive, but I can't like, I won't let go of the okay. wheel. Let, let me keep on trucking here. Okay. okay. Jesus be a Tesla. <laughs> yes. <Self-driving. laughs> I love that. Yes. Yes. Because I mean, but truly that is what it takes. Maybe you could tell us a little bit about where you are today and how you found meaning in that struggle versus throwing in the towel. Oh, uh, it's been, it's been a progressive journey. And I guess the thing I kept like being my mantra for a couple of years is just take daily progressive steps. So I would try to plan, but it's hard to, when your condition is constantly changing because it changes the circumstances. And so just a slight, you know, shift completely changes where you end up being. So I didn't honestly expect to be where I am today because I, you know, would see constant limitations and it's just like things that I, I couldn't, couldn't do, or it's just like, you just rule out certain things thinking that that's wisdom. And it's really just a lack of, of unbelief uh, at mm-hmm. that time. And so I would say it's been about keeping that, that mantra true of just taking daily progressive steps. I'm moving towards the best possible version of what that looks like, but I'm open to change as I'm taking that next step. If I find at the very next right step that I try to take or I'm moving towards, and I find the circumstances is different. I need now a new medication that introduces a new problem, or I need now to stop taking something that still introduces a new problem or whatever, or it could be the opposite where you don't have to take something anymore or, you know, things lessen up and now you have the availability to do something different. And so at that next step, now I have new options, you know, so what are they? So as they, as I kept taking every next progressive step, I just would try to do a quick evaluation. What's available to me right now? What can I do? And still, what can I push towards uh, for my push goals? Because, you know, I don't want to just set realistic ones because those will just get boring and depressing because (laughs) you're just doing what's expected, you know? Mm -hmm. So, I just became uh, adamant on that next right daily progressive step. And as it got to the point, honestly, where I started feeling better, started to uh, get to a point to where 
Um, I had less days with less pain. Um, Then I was like, okay, so now I had a measure. So obviously they talk about like the pain scale being from like zero to 10 at Uh different times and stuff. Well, the pain still fluctuates and sometimes it goes over 10. And so now I need to figure out for me a day that's a, a four, what are my options based on the last steps that I took or, you know, the things that I've overcome thus far a day that's a level four pain level. What is available to me? What can I do? What do I have the energy to do? A day that's a seven, what is still possible? And a day that's a 10 or above, still what is possible? Because people may say, at the point where I can't think straight, definitely can't drive and you're super medicated or whatever. It's just like, well, I can't do anything wrong. You can, Mm -hmm. because at that point, you have something that is what I discovered all phones have, which isn't being, you know, jokingly saying, but it's like the audio message thing. You still mm-hmm. have thoughts that will cross your mind, but you can't physically do anything. So I was like, let me at least do an audio message on my phone. 30 seconds, even 15 seconds. So a day that I'm at a level four pain, I have more availability and, and I could do something uh, physically more on other days than I could, or, or on this level four day than I could on the level 10 day, for example, or seven, even I could do that thing that I took a note on. I could do that thing or start putting work towards putting legs to the the thought or the goal or whatever. So now I could kind of schedule my life around dealing with this. So I'm not beating myself up on a day. I physically can't do a lot but I'm also not lazily wondering what could I have done on the days now that I can move around a little bit more. So yeah, uh, it's just about finding those containers. And like I said, I always say constraints are just containers. And it's just like, now that we have this bucket per se, okay, you have more space to move around. What are you going to do with it? This, this availability in your calendar, or your schedule, you got more hours where you feel better. What are you going to do with it? Not that everything has to be, so methodically planned, but I give myself some grace around the things that I can and cannot do based on this limitation. Uh, but again, still what's available. So you can uncover a new way of, of living with whatever the challenge is. So if you have a bunch of level 10 days, it just means you're going to have a lot more audio recordings or a lot more, you know, Google notes or notes from um, you know, the iPhone notes or whatever, but days where you can physically move around your to-do list is already full of good things that you've processed or maybe thought about or considered. So life still can happen. So that's how I still run my business to this day. The days that I can do things well, just for example, just being transparent this weekend sucked, you know? And so it's just like, I just wasn't able to do a whole lot. I'm, I'm having to readjust my mornings because I'm finding I can't do it like I want to anymore. But that just means the container is going to be different. So now that's shifted. So now what's available to me? Okay, for the time so that I can work or do what I want to do, what am I, what am I going to schedule around this that is life-giving still? So you still have to find, based on your purpose, I believe everybody has one, or, or whatever it is, your goal that you're, that you're working towards, like just find that next right step and move within the confines of that. You're not restricted. You're not limited. You're just operating from a different container. Absolutely. It, it reminds me of three things. Google, Jesus, and yoga. Start with Jesus because he, he basically s- speaks in truth and love. Like mm-hmm. that's hard. You're being honest with what you need to accomplish 
but you're being loving with yourself, which Mm -hmm. looks like flexibility. Yoga, I remember learning this one time. I was in this awful, stupid position that I was just wanting to cuss and be like, this is awful. Why why are you making us do this? And they were like, it's like bamboo. Bamboo is one of the strongest plants there is, but it's very flexible. And that's what allows it to be so resilient. And then you have Google and they drive, they have this practice where they drive innovation through this process called creative constraints, which is like you're saying, a container. So they'll take these brainstorming sessions and they'll be like, okay, we're going to place this limitation, this restriction, and this obstacle in your way, go. Mm-hmm. And that actually breeds more innovation. Like what you've been doing to go from surviving and thriving You've been implementing all of those things. And I love that about your story. It's so inspiring. Now, real quick, you I want to go back to what you said. You didn't start your business as an entrepreneur until after your surgery. Mm-hmm. So, so all this is going on. I see your accomplishments. And while I know your significance doesn't lie in those accomplishments, it's in who you are and your worth as you, it's still mind boggling to me to say, wait a minute, she didn't even start this until after her surgery. <laughs> yeah. Fine time to get, get going. Eh? But <laughs> what? okay. So, so when was your surgery? How many years ago? Uh, this was in 2015, June, 2015 to be exact. <laughs> what? Okay. So since then, through this mentality of strength and flexibility and controlling the controllables and surrendering the rest kind of thing, you've been able to do a lot. Um, well, left your job. Yeah. (laughs) You said, bye, I'm doing it. (laughs) Even a a friend of mine is doing video work professionally. And he's like, how are you outworking me? And I was like, I'm again, just working within what I can do. And so he was like, yeah, but you spo- you're supposed to be sick, right? And I'm like, but I am. He's like, you're lying. <laughs> and so, and, but the thing was, it's like, I didn't start anything until after I had surgery. Cause like I had a new respect for living. So many people who get to a near death experience have that epiphany but we don't have to get to a near-death experience to have that. No, you right? we, can just, we can just learn from you. That, you know, it's like when somebody, when you wake up from an excruciating surgery, you think things are going to go one way and they don't, uh, you know, at that point, it wasn't until I had to talk to my sister who like I've had challenges with and, and all kinds of things. And she called me cause she didn't even really believe that anything was like seriously wrong. It's literally after I'm waking up after surgery, she was like, oh my gosh, I had no idea. I'm so sorry. And mm-hmm. I had to explain to her. And it was like, at the breaking point, I'm like, Dina, I almost died. Like, mm-hmm. like I'm, I got it at that point when I had to verbalize it, just the weight was very different. Mm-hmm. And so at that point, it's like, especially getting, you're working with new information now. It's like, this is what it's going to be uh, based on what you know. Fine. But if, if this is going to be my life, I want to earn every day of it because I didn't have to be here. It doesn't have to be like, you always say, well, we never know. Tomorrow's not planned. No, it's really not. But now it's really, really not. Yeah. Like we really, <laughs> you know, it's just like to where it li- you literally could be here one day. And then the next day you're not, I, I had a whole moment in the hospital 
of just like, man, what would my funeral be like? And some people say, do this exercise. I wouldn't say do this exercise. Yeah. Because <laughs> like, this is not, it's not pretty and it doesn't make you feel good. But I thought about like, if I had passed away at that point, then I was thinking like, what would be said of me? I was like, I'm a good coworker. You know, I play with my, my nieces and nephews a lot. Uh, and you know, that's it. Like I didn't have any accomplishments, so to speak. So anything that I've done from now until then was just solely not trying to change that narrative, but literally trying to make sure that I honored my second chance. Like God, if you want me here, which apparently you do. And I understand that now more than I ever did. Then it's just like, I want to earn every day. And if I have to go to sleep at night, and if this was the last day, did I earn today? So it's not like death is an escape or death is some fearful thing. It just became like, okay, I believe that to be another version of living a different, you know, it's like you transition into something else, but it's just like, as far as like the Bible is concerned, but if while I'm here in this flesh suit and I understand how <laughs> things work here as best as I can, did I earn today? And so every day that's how it like became, what can I do today? with that. So any accomplishment or, or whatever from the quitting the job, which is a whole other thing, but it's just like, I was working up to a point, the job stopped being a viable opportunity. So it's like, okay, Lord, now what do I do? Do I go get another job? And it was just like, so frustrating. Cause I wasn't getting no answer. I was praying. That I was not getting an answer. <laughs> I was I'm straight up. Some people like, well, the Lord told me, Lord ain't told me nothing. And just, <laughs> I was frustrated. And <laughs> I had already prayed about stuff. And I'm just like, man, I don't know. Well, it's like, you don't get a job. And I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I, I can't do it though. I just, <laughs> I was at a point that I was just fed up. I'm like, I can't do it no more. I don't want to go to the meetings. I stopped, had already long stopped going to the meeting. I became a problem at my job. Yeah. So <laughs> needless to say. You left, uh, but you didn't, you didn't know where you were going yet. You were no. just like, I'm, I'm done. I'm, I just yeah. don't know what the next step is. Yeah. So it wasn't just like walk out. Well, it, it was, but <laughs> it was, it was leading up. I was working, started, you know, working on YouTube, saw that that was a thing, saw that online business was a thing, hired my coach like a month or two after I came out of surgery and got back to work. And so, um, and started working with him from there and then started just, uh, hiring other coaches and investing in, in all this extra other stuff. So at the day where I quit, I just, uh, I was at a point I was extremely fed up. I was so angry. Prayers just became announcements of my anger to the Lord on high. <laughs> <laughs> like I am sick of this job. I don't want to hear about nobody else's kids and what they did last yeah. night. I am sick of this. I'm tired of these meetings that could have been emails and the emails I still wouldn't have read. Was, <laughs> you know, I was so I was frustrated. And I, it, it, it was a, a small little prayer and moment in the bathroom before I walked out that day of just like, Lord, like if, if this is real, like that I can do this. And because it got to the point where on the inside, it just felt like either you're going to trust me or you ain't. Yeah. And I was just like, well, tell me what's next. And I ain't get nothing after that. And I'm like, well, these prayers are off. <laughs> <laughs> it's like your heart had left a oh long my time gosh. ago, but your head was still keeping your boots in the ground. Mm -hmm. And your faith was like being stretched in between mm -hmm. the two. And God's like, when are you, you going to jump? Yep. And so I had done as much as I could do 
building the channel, starting to build some passive income, getting coaching clients all while I was working my job. But it was all because I still wanted to be in control. I still wanted to have all that stuff. So now the business stuff is kind of growing, but my faith is kind of dwindling because I'm like starting to feel more empowered in a way that it began to be, well, I'll come to the Lord when I need you, you know, kind oh, of yeah. a perspective. And it's pretty, pretty bold statement yeah. <laughs> coming to the Lord on high with, but you know, <laughs> but <laughs> we you get know, a little big for our britches sometimes. You know, don't we? I, I mean, you know, just trying to control stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, that day though, I was just like, Lord, I have nothing left to give this place. This place has nothing left to give me. I don't want another job. And if I walk out of this door, I literally have only, I was 30, had just literally set my company up, my video editing production business up 30 days before that, like literally almost to the day. And it was uh, May 10th. I'll never forget. And I'm in the bathroom and surprisingly nobody walked in. I'm just looking in the mirror and I'm just kind of like having this little internal dialogue, like, Lord, like, if I leave, I don't know what to do. And it's like, either you're going to trust me or you ain't. <laughs> uh-huh. And yeah. I, I um, packed up my stuff. I caught my supervisor. Uh, a few moments later, she was coming out the restroom and I tapped her on the show. I said, Melissa, I'm resigning. Here's my badge. My keys are on the desk. Can you badge me out? Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I have goosebumps. <laughs> And everybody looked, cause I always joke. I was like, one of these days I'm gonna come in here, I'm gonna quit. <laughs> and I was like, whatever, Diana, when are you making another peach collar? It's like, whatever, man, I'm coming here one of these days and I'm gonna quit. And if, you know, you have what you say, not thinking that kind of a thing, but uh, sure enough. And I, that was the most scariest next three days of my life because I just came home. I did a YouTube live stream. Like, Hey y'all, I'm quitting. It's not even a pay Friday, but we're going to figure this out, I guess. <laughs> but I was just fully at that point committed to trusting God. So honestly, anything post May 10th, 2019 is literally just been having full faith, confidence and trust in God. Because at that point, I relinquished all control from wow. me being like everything like prior to that was let me do this, not even really seeing for real, Lord, is this a camera I should buy? Lord, is this a course I should invest in? Is this the right thing for me? I was just making plans according to the plans that I was making, you know? So, yeah. but it, but the plans changed and everything, like I said, literally everything that has happened since that day, going out of town, opportunities to speak, getting the clients that I have, I did no marketing. I did no, uh, ads, Facebook ads, or none of the traditional things to get business. I didn't do any promotional stuff. I literally just announced I'm, I quit my job today and I'm doing a video editing and production business. And every since then has been referrals. I have never done a Facebook ad. I've never done anything because I'm just like, Lord, if you're going to do this, either I'm moving back in with my parents or you got to make this happen. (laughs) So, (laughs) that's literally what happened like so I don't have any is you know it's like which sounds weird honestly but it's like it's not like I had this grandiose plan that worked out because I didn't have one I I had intentions and I had been working towards things prior to which definitely came uh in handy and and into play but uh, literally things that happened, decisions that were made everything had to go like I had to pray about it first and listen and take direction from God in a way that I never have before 
and so that has led to any levels of success or, or anything that's happened, honestly, because I just decided at that point, like, I, I obviously don't have control of what's happening anyway, but I now want to be not just take daily progressive steps because I pushed my foot forward, but because I'm being guided. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't have the answers. I mean, sometimes we just sit and wait and wait and wait for the answers and we're paralyzed and then the answers never come. And then we look back and we're like, what the heck? Well, 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 what do we do with all that? Well, we were yeah. we were worrying, we were worrying and we were waiting and I love your story, man. I love your story. Thank you so much for sharing and thank you for the way you show up for, for your people and the people you serve. How can people, maybe they just want to know you or maybe they want to get help in their business. Maybe they want to make the jump too. And maybe they're miserable in their job and their heart has left, but their, their head is keeping them there. And Mm. how can they get in touch with you? Video and marketing coaching or just Heck, I don't know. Are you a life coach at this point? No, <laughs> a little bit, aren't you? I guess it comes into play because honestly, it's just like you got to remove your own excuses. <laughs> Amen. You know? Yes. So, well, how uh, can they find you? Uh, obviously, you can always connect with me at dinagladney.com. Um, and I have honestly, if I just open up my uh, email account to people, so when you go there and you get you know, for example, right now I have the free live streaming guide uh, or the ultimate live streaming guide for beginners. It's just like if you get that downloadable and you have a question that replies directly to me, I answer those directly in my email. So I make myself super accessible. And then uh, as well as on YouTube, uh, which my channel, you can just still search my name. It'll come up, but you'll also see the channel name Entree Woman TV. Uh, and then on Instagram at Diana Gladney. It's the best ways to connect with me. Okay. Entree, Entree Woman TV. TV. Yep. And that's E-N-T-R-E, woman. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like one woman or women? Woman. One woman. Okay. And you have a podcast, so they can oh, find yes. you there. <laughs> <laughs> so for that, it's still along the same veins. And if you have podcasts like Time, you can check out the video Simplified Podcast, where I take these kinds of conversations around, like, Again, working within your limitations, but you still need to show up for video. So maybe it's not fully, you know, a debilitating health issue. It's still a problem, but you still have life happening in the midst, just kind of working in between that, as well as some uh, more technical style tips of things that you can do, not too techy that it'll overwhelm you audibly, but just so that you know a process and a way to do things to still serve your clients. So it's just a, a video simplified podcast. Yeah. So if you have a heart to serve and you have a message and you or a product or a service, whatever, and you're trying to get that out there and you're trying to make the leap, Diana can help you do that. Please get plugged in. I'm definitely going to go pick up that um, going live because I haven't gone live yet and I need to. I'm behind. Uh, so I'm going to look to you for that. That's a great, um, valuable resource. Thank you. And I, we can find that at is at dianagladney.com forward slash live stream. And so it's D-I-A-N-A-G-L-A-D-N-E-Y.com uh, forward slash uh, live stream. And that will get you the free PDF guide. And if you guys have any questions or anything like that, I take a nice chunk of my day and reply to uh, comments and, and questions and things like that. But if you just kind of want to hit me up on Instagram, that's, that'll work too. 
uh, depending on where you are. But I think that'll help serve with people getting started with live streams. So at least, Erica, you do Instagram stories. So, you know, it's a way to see and connect with you. But I am going to have to push you and say you got to go live. I know I do. I know I do. <laughs> the teacher arrives when the student is ready. So <laughs> thank you so much, Diana. It's always a pleasure. Oh, thank you so much, Erica. It's my, my pleasure to be here. It's such an honor. Uh, and just, I really appreciate it. And then too, just, I guess, last bit of encouragement for anybody is just like, you got to remember, I was not the person to show up on a bit. Like I, the hit the record button thing was not my whole MO, but if you have something to share that is in your heart to share, it was enough for you to create a business around it, enough for you to stay up late at night bugging everybody else about it. Mm -hmm. uh, it's only serving those people that you show up more for them now. Amen. Oh, that's, a, that's good. Good stuff. Thank you, Diana. Oh, thank you, Erica. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Erica Ryle show where you can catch inspirational interviews, information and strategies to help you leverage your stress, create your best health and life. If you want to catch future episodes, subscribe. And if you would leave a review, that's so helpful. And don't forget to share with your friends. You guys have a great day and take good care of yourself until next time.